Hey, I love you guys so much. It's good to be back, um, at least standing up here. I mean, we've been back for a couple weeks uh, listening to Brent preach and uh, seeing people work hard, going down to children's ministry. And um, guys, you just need to know this. I don't know if you know this or not, but this church doesn't happen on accident. It's the work of the people of God that makes the church the church. And uh, it is the fellowship with one another. It is the love of Christ that is exuded uh, from our being together and loving one another. And it is uh, honestly the worship of God and the love for one another that is just astounding here. Um, I guess it's different when you don't have to preach. Get to preach. Catch that? Get to preach because, you know, I got to sit up there and, and just hear worship and all that. And it was like, a really powerful experience. When I sit down here and, I, um, and I'm like thinking about what I'm going to say and th- that I don't screw it up, uh, that I don't make a mistake and I don't say something that's not from God, then I, uh, there's a little more pressure. I don't, I don't worship as well, I guess. And uh, so that's, that's uh, just something that I found in the last couple weeks. But it was a joy to sit here in that last song and just to listen to you guys sing and how God is building your faith, and how God is strengthening us as a church. It's a pretty, pretty cool thing. So Brent did a great job, eh? Yeah. He, he deservedly so, is, is not here today. And uh, everybody needs rest. And I'm so grateful for him. And, and that series, Big Rocks, I mean, that was his idea. And it was a great idea. And Big Rocks, we got to have Big Rocks, right? Got to put those in the jar first. Otherwise, you're never going to get everything in. This world's a rat race. And I was thinking about big rocks and the things that are important and all of that. And, uh, you know, putting some stuff down in my life this summer, as you guys were doing. And I got to thinking about the fact that, you know what? The church needs big rocks too. The church needs a huge rock. The church needs one rock, right? The rock is Jesus Christ. We know that from 1 Corinthians 3. You go read that this week. That'll really encourage you about who we stand on. 1 Corinthians 3, write it down. 1 Corinthians 3, and just go read that this week and be encouraged with, we have one solid foundation, it's Jesus Christ. But I got to thinking about foundations. I got to thinking about like last year when I came back off of the break, uh, we went right into the prayer series, get alone for God alone and seek him. And I never really did any harvest DNA or what's, what, what's the foundation of our church and and I was like, man, we need to do that. We need to do that. So we're going to start a series today called Foundations. Now, I just want to prove my point, so let's just take a little quick survey. Um, if you grew up going to church, raise your hand. That's a lot of people. Okay, if you grew up like, church what? I don't understand. Raise your hand. All right, a few of us, right? Good. Okay, and I mean, we need more of that here. All right, I mean, God loves diversity, and just by a show of hands, we need more of that here. People that have no idea who God is and, and didn't go to church, okay? So there's Catholics, there's Lutherans, there's Baptists, there's this, there's that, there's the other. You know, I'll miss, if I start saying them, I'll miss yours, right? And hopefully that wouldn't be offensive since we're all on the foundation of Jesus Christ. But there's so many different backgrounds represented here. There's so many different uh, ways that people have been taught and heard that it just feels really necessary as your senior pastor, as your leader to say, hey, 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 what does the word of God say about these foundations that we're gonna, we built this church on, hold on, we built, that God built his church on, 
right? The heart is desperately wicked, right? You got to catch yourself sometimes. We're like, yeah, we did something. No, we did nothing. God did something really cool. Look at all the people around you. It's his church, and these are the things that, that his church are built on. So we're going to spend nine weeks on this, and my hope is, I just like always state the, the we're going to go on a journey. It's about the journey, not the destination, but I'd always like you to know where we're going, right? And so my prayer is that at the end of this nine weeks, there'll be people that go deeper in their relationship with Christ and his church, right? Some of you are going to get saved. Some of you are going to be baptized next weekend. Some of you guys, you're going to get in a small group and you're going to start doing life with other believers in an uncommon community. Some of you guys are going to start working, <laughs> serving, using your gifts in the local church for the very first time and you're going to reap the reward of that. You'll be tired at times, but you're going to be rewarded for giving to the Lord time, talents, and treasure. Somebody might start giving. Now that I said that, treasure. Somebody might start giving this nine weeks for the first time in their life. And that's what we're going for. Just a little bit farther, just to what's the next step for me in my relationship with Christ. And at the end of the day, when we get to our anniversary service, October 7th, seven years on October 7th, I'm praying that we'll have a huge celebration service of what God's done in your life over the last few weeks, okay? So that's what we're going for. Everybody know where we're going? All right, but it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And so today, as you listen, as you hear from God, I've been praying that God would speak directly to you. How are you going to walk out different? What step are you going to take so that you're on a solid, solid, solid foundation walking out of here, okay? All right. Today, we're going to get after this rock-solid mission. We have a rock-solid mission. The mission is from Jesus Christ himself. You can open your Bible to Matthew. I'm going to have you go to Matthew 7 first, and then we're going to get to Matthew 28. Matthew 7, the end of the Sermon on the Mount, a very well-known, famous, you might say, message that Jesus preached on a mountain. And this is the very end of it. You could go back and read it. It's, it's, it's Matthew 5, 6, and 7 for the context, but I'm just going to go to the very end. This is like a preacher, and he's closing, and he's closing hard, okay? And he's like, here it comes. Here's the close. Here it is. Matthew 7, verse 24. Everyone, I think that's all of you, then who hears these words of mine and does them, circle that, does them in your Bible, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. That's what we're talking about. Foundation, right? And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. Can I get an amen? Amen. If I, if I have more wind blowing and more rain pouring and more beating on the house of, you know, the door of my house, I will suffer for Jesus, right? But I mean, but it's still on a firm foundation. So, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock and the rock is Jesus. And everyone who hears these words of mine you're hearing them right now. It's like Jesus is preaching the end of the message to you right now. 
and does not do them, circle that, does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew. Same exact things happening, or type of things, hardships, and beat against the house. And it fell. And great was the fall of it. Now I want you to think about that. We all have circumstances in this life. We've all had good or bad weeks this week, right? But how we respond depends on our foundation. It depends on what our faith's been built on. And that's a solid message. And I am fixing to get us on a solid, solid, solid foundation by the word of God over the next nine weeks. So here it is. I'm just going to read verse 28 to finish the message, eh? And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. Not as the normal preachers, not as the normal teachers. This one stands out because he preaches with authority. This is thus says the Lord preaching here, and it's amazing. It's straight from Jesus Christ. You're going to see this, thus says the Lord teaching, preaching in Matthew 28. So flip to the back of Matthew. Matthew's an amazing book, written mostly to the Jews, but we can learn from it too. Has the whole lineage that Jesus was born from David. It's God with us in the first chapter. And then he goes through all these things. He's teaching all these people. And at the end, the very end, he's already sent his disciples out in chapter 10 of Matthew to go preach to Israel. He's like, go make disciples in Israel. And at the very end, chapter 28, after the resurrection, he's like, listen up. Another mountain in Galilee. Here's a sermon, and he gives it. It's short. And he's like, not just the Jews, all nations. Not just for churchy people that grew up in the local church. It's for people who hear it regardless of how they grew up. Regardless of what they believed or thought before they heard it. It's for everyone. So let's read the message. Verse 16 we'll start with. You don't know how hard it is to start in verse 16 when this is like the resurrection, right? So I don't know if I get a brownie badge or like, I don't know if I get something cool, but like, it, this is really hard. Can you tell it's hard? All right, you go read chapter 28 earlier, but I'm going to start in verse 16. Here's what it says. Now the 11 disciples, remember Judas had betrayed him, hung himself, you know, he, that's done. And now the 11 disciples went to Galilee with much prompting. <laughs> it took them like a lot of times. Matthew 26, 32, Matthew 28, 7, Matthew 28, 10, Mark 14, 28. Go to Galilee, go to Galilee, go to Galilee. Before I die, after I die, I'm telling you, go to Galilee. Okay, I'm going to Galilee. To the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, Literally, they saw him. 1 Corinthians 15 talks about this, that he was seen by specific people, and then it says that he was seen by over 500 people 
And many people, I can't say for sure, but many people think this was the time he was saw, seen by 500 people. And it's because of these next two phrases that they think that. They worshipped him, but some doubted. Now we know about Doubting Thomas, correct? Everybody know about Doubting Thomas? All right. But Doubting Thomas has already had his interaction with God before this is ever stated. So I'm going to assume that the 11 disciples aren't the ones doubting. So that's why I think there's other people around, okay? Why are they doubting? I don't know. I can't tell you. But maybe he wasn't doing miracles that time. <laughs> Seems like every time he showed up after the resurrection, he's like doing something cool. Maybe this time he's like, dude, I'm just, I just came, normal guy, like going to preach, to do this. And he didn't do any miracles. They're like, oh, I don't know if you're really Jesus, because Jesus does miracles. Not sure. But it says they worshiped him, and it says some doubted. Two different things there, two different responses. Verse 18, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, better word might be to obey, because when we think observe, we think sit and watch. Are you, am I telling the truth? Yeah, sit and watch. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying sit in the pew, sit in the nice comfy theater seat and watch. That's not what he's saying. Everybody tell your neighbor that's not what he's saying. The word is observe, but that's not what he's saying. He's saying obey the command to go baptize and teach. That's what he's saying. All right? All right, we just got to be clear about that. So teaching them to observe, obey, get to work, all that I have commanded you. And behold, listen now, tender ones, loved ones, I am with you to the end of the age. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said in chapters 14 and 16 of John that he would send the comforter, the Holy Spirit, I am with you. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is with you. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is working overtime in you right now to get you to get it in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, earlier I had you circle the word do them, right? Does them. And then I had to circle the word like does not do them, right? And I've just been thinking about this word do a lot. I think uh, from what I hear, uh, Harvest is known as like a church that is a doing church, right? It's like a get or done church. And I think that's a good reputation, but I think it can be misconstrued or it can be a negative thing sometimes. Uh, one of the top negative things I hear about our church is the fact that we're about doing, right? And I hear this in the form of a, like, it's just about doing good things. It's just about legalism. It's just about always more. And I was thinking about that this week. And I was thinking, you know what? There's some truth to that. But the truth is this. 
I think Harvest and churches like Harvest who are saying, here's a plan, here's the plan God said, let's do it, get a bad rap. Because most churches, it's easy to go to church because there's no doing plan. There's no plan to get anything done. It's just like, come feel good at church. Well, we want you to come and feel good at church. And we want you to feel good in the world too, right? And we want you to feel good in the name of Jesus Christ, right? Not because of some idol you have or some, you know, we want you to be confident and comfortable in your own skin, right? Not in some little work you do, not in some title you have in the church. That's not it. I don't care about that. This is really about doing versus being. And really, it's a heart thing. It's not a church thing. Don't penalize the church that has a good plan, that looks at God's word and says, let's go. Don't penalize that church. It's a heart issue. You can do or you can be. And so, as I'm preaching the message this week, I'm thinking, let's go make disciples. Let's do some more. And I'm like, no, that ain't going to fly. Because that's not what he's saying, right? Let's get to the heart of it. Let's get to the heart of the matter. So this is, uh, this is it right here. How to be a rock-solid disciple. How to be a rock-solid disciple. Because if I, if, if, if I read the Bible right, if you will be a rock-solid disciple, then you will make rock-solid disciples. So how to be a rock-solid disciple is the title here. And we're going to get three points off of that. Um, before we do that, I have set out to every week put up some kind of phrase for you to memorize. So this is the mission. It's a rock solid mission. And it'll help you remember how to be a disciple. Okay. And so let's say it together. Okay. Now I'm going to say it just, just the top two lines. Okay. Because that's really it. And then the bottom lines are kind of like in parentheses. Okay. The bottom line in the spirit, that's, that's like an add-on. So if you can just get the first two lines, I'm going to be happy. And then we'll get the spirit later. All right? So here it is. Here it is. Let's say it together. To glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission. All right. What's the first word? What's the second word? What's the third word? That's important. A lot of people will say, what's your mission? And we've always said, like, to make disciples, right? But that's not really the mission. The mission is to glorify God. Now, how will you glorify God? By bearing fruit. You'll see that later in the message. By making disciples. But let's just keep a vertical focus, right? Because if we just go make disciples, I'm just trying to make, I'm just trying to make Ron, Ron, I'm just trying to twist you into being a disciple, man. I'm just trying to twist you in, right? And all of a sudden now, it gets horizontal. But if I'm here just to glorify God, it gets vertical. And maybe Ron is a disciple and maybe he's not. But if God's honored and glorified, then we're in a good spot. So let's get this straight. To glorify God is the mission. It's the mission here and it's the mission of every church that follows Jesus Christ, right? We are here, we are placed on this earth to glorify God. Okay, so let's say it again. To glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission. What in the world is the Great Commission? Is anybody wondering that? Go ahead, raise your hand. Come on now. I know somebody, yep, there you go. Elite. 
what in the world is the Great Commission? Well, this is good, because I'm glad you came to church today. It's the verses we just read. That's it. It's Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20. That is the Great Commission. That is where God said, I commission you as my disciples to go make disciples of all nations. Not just the Jews now, the Gentiles as well. To glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission in the spirit of the Great Commandment. Does anybody know where that's found? Because it's good to know where it's found because then you don't have to actually know what it is because then you can go find it. Anybody know where it is? Yeah, it is in Deuteronomy 6. And then in the New Testament, it's in Matthew 22, 37 through 39. So you write that down, go look at it. Anybody have it memorized? Okay, I hear it a little louder. Yeah, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And you should love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two commandments, right? These are the greatest. And if you do these two things, you keep the whole law. So if you want to write this in your paper, we glorify God, okay, in a vertical way, by making disciples. And we do this by worshiping God and by loving one another, right? So if you just wrote that down, you'd have like a good grasp of what we are all about in the church. I'll say it again. We glorify God, okay, keep it vertical, by making disciples, and this is in the spirit, right, of worshiping God and loving one another. All right, so you have a good, you have a good grasp of where we're going. Uh, the second thing I'm going to ask you every week is to memorize a verse, right? So I'm asking you to memorize this. You guys want another crack at it? Nobody wants another crack at it. That's really disappointing. I want another crack at it, but I think it's not about me because I have it memorized already. What I really need, so, so here's how it breaks down. So I have it memorized. That's a pretty good deal. Hey, Bill? Senior pastor of the church memorized a mission statement. That's pretty awesome. Well done. Gold star. When the employees of the organization memorize it, now we're getting somewhere, right? Because that means the senior leader of the church is, is, is making disciples. And when those employees, right, or deacons or elders, then have it down, and not just they're keeping it to themselves, but they're giving it away too, right? When the small group leaders know it, and they're giving it away, now we're going somewhere. Now we're on the same page. Now we're in a rock-solid position on a rock-solid mission, right? And I'm telling you, that's not normal. What's normal is one guy stands up and he says, hey, you should all memorize this. That's a shotgun approach. And then it never happens. He didn't say it clever enough. He didn't make a compelling argument. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't. I don't know. Bottom line is, 
if you believe the word of God and you believe that Jesus Christ is coming back to get you and you believe that Jesus rose from the dead and this is what he told us to do, then you believe it's important, right? That we have this on the tip of our tongue and hidden in our heart so that we will be focused on it so when he comes back, he will find us doing well and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Rather than doing whatever we want, our own mission, whatever phrase we memorized for our life's mission. And so this is really, really important. It's our church thing. We're all together in that. So go ahead. You guys got it. To glorify in the spirit of the great commandment. Right? You guys can add that on as you see fit, but just memorize that first part. If I come and ask you, what's the mission of the church? I hope you'll at least say to glorify God. Right? And that'd be a huge win for me if you're like, glorify God. That's it. All right? All right, now let's get into this. How to be a rock solid disciple. So I'm asking you to memorize the verse as well. It's in the bulletin. You could take it home with you. Don't throw that bulletin away. Don't let it hit the floor before you leave. That happens. Weekly, I pick one up at least. All right? Don't do that. Take it with you. Put it in your Bible for a little while and, and revisit it this week. Please, 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 please. Okay? It's going to help our church be stronger. When our church is stronger, we can reach more people. All right. Now, how to be a rock-solid disciple. How to be a rock-solid disciple. How to be a rock-solid disciple. And I was reading the text, and I was reading it, 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 and here it is. The 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. Why did Jesus tell them to go there? Were they going to meet somebody? Who were they going to meet? They're going to meet Jesus, right? He's like, I want to meet with you. Come on over this time, this place. And when they saw them, him, they had a response. They worshipped him, but some doubted. All right? So here's the first way to be a rock-solid disciple. Not rocket science, but true nonetheless. Meet with Jesus. Meet with Jesus. Meet with him. Meet with him daily. Meet with him every moment of the day if you can. I think that's what I'm going for. Just like, just stay here, God. Don't leave Better yet, don't let me leave you. Meet with Jesus. He has the authority to forgive sins. That's the problem, right? Like, why'd you come to church today? Like, I wanted to know more about God. <laughs> yep. And I want less of what I normally have. Sin, right? Since Adam and Eve sinned, in that perfect place called the Garden of Eden, we all have been struggling with this thing. Paul in Romans 7 said, why do I do the things I don't want to do? And I got to tell you, I feel the same way. It's like, why did I yell again? That was dumb. Why did I say that again? Why did I think that again? Why did I? I mean, how many times do I have to do that before I know that's not acceptable? Uh, less than now. And yet I keep coming back to it. We're in a spiritual battle. Demons are throwing thoughts in there. They're saying, do this, do that, feel good. And if you're not aware of the battle you're in, 
You won't stand, stop, fight, you know? And I'm telling you, we have to meet with Jesus because he has the authority to forgive sins. He's the only one that has the authority to do that. And that's the only thing we really need him to do. We need to take the sin that we are and we need him to revolutionize it into the person he made us to be. And you can try to go to church and you could try to be a better person and you could try to stop doing that thing you're doing. But I tell you, apart from the grace of God, it can't happen. I've tried the church rat race. I've tried to do it in my own strength. It can't happen. So you got to come as you are. I hope you did that today. Hope you didn't put on a face to walk in here. I hope you didn't like think if I look a certain way, if I talk a certain way, if my kids act a certain way, then people will like me. Couldn't be farther from the truth. If you come as you are, we love you. And if you come phony baloney fake, if we're like Jesus, we'll respond like Jesus did and go, that smells like a hypocrite to me. So let's just be honest. Let's just be real with one another. Let's just come as you are. Did you have a good week? Yeah. Awesome. Then you're worshiping God today, aren't you? Did you have a bad week? What's well, bad anyway, right? <laughs> Did you have a bad week? Then you're kind of doubting God and his plan for you today. Just saying the truth. It's true in my life too. You got to come as you are. If you're worshiping, if you're doubting, he talked to all of them. He's going to roll it out to all of them. He's not like, hey, doubters, over here. Okay, I got to just talk to these guys. Like he talked to all of them. And he gave the mission to all of them. <laughs> so I need you to know this, right? You have to come before you go. Right? The Great Commission is like a sending off. But if you haven't come to Christ, then you can't go with Christ. Right? And I just I wanna I wanna make sure you know this. I wanna make sure you know that Jesus Christ is Lord and that He is your Lord, right? Jesus Christ is Savior of the world, but is He Savior of you? Have you come to a time and place, a point in your life where you realized my thing isn't working for me? And it's not working for me because of sin, not because I'm not trying hard. I'm trying really hard. But no matter how hard I try, sin just keeps popping up. And so sin's the issue. It became the issue at the Garden of Eden. Animal sacrifices couldn't wipe it out. The flood couldn't wash it away. It was only the blood of Jesus Christ. Right? He died for us so that we might be free in him because he loves us so much. There's no other explanation. Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friend. That's what Jesus did. He's your friend. He laid down his life for you. And that's the only way forward, 
right? So if you haven't met with Jesus that first time to like come to the meeting and say like, I got nothing, Jesus. Here's the table. I bring nothing to the table except my sin. Can you wash it clean? And he goes, yeah, I got that. As long as you're repentant, as long as you understand it's a problem between you and me, as long as you want to choose a different way, as long as you want me to cover it, I'm all in. And since that day, Jesus has been all in on you. He's never changed that stance. Right? You need to know that. He's pretty excited about where he's at with you. He has a plan for your life beyond what you could ever imagine. He's smiling. I know you think he's not, but he is. And he's excited. Even in the good, even in the bad, even when you're worshiping, even when you're doubting. Because he loves you so much. He wants to forgive you again and again and again. And I just got to say this. Won't you accept his grace? Maybe you're here and you're like, I've never had that come to Jesus meeting. Well, have the come to Jesus meeting and then continue to meet with him daily. Keep coming back. It's not a one-time deal, right? How many of you guys have a plan to read God's word? Go ahead, raise your hand. This is, no condemnation in church. I said you got to be who you are. How many of you guys have a plan to read the Bible, all right? The plan might be going well. The plan might be going poorly. I'm not saying you're doing it. I'm just saying you have a plan. I got plans. We'll see how that happens in the morning when I'm tired. Right? So, so some of you guys have a plan. Okay, umbrella of grace, but truth in church, right? Whoop, here we go. But truth in church. How many of you guys don't have a plan? Right? Like, I don't have a plan. I mean, I, I'm not sure where I'm reading today or tomorrow. All right, well, I, I, I just got to come back to this. Like, we want you to read the New Testament every year. That's our stated goal as a church. We're like, hey, our church will be radically different if everyone in our church who calls Jesus Christ will read the New Testament once a year. Right? We want you to read daily, but you know what? No legalism in that. Box checking. That's got to be legalistic. <laughs> That's a to-do list for sure. Then don't check the boxes. I don't care. All this is is a tool. It's a plan, right? We shouldn't penalize people for having plans, right? And you're not wrong if you don't have a plan. I'm just saying, here, I'll give you one. <laughs> you can have it. So there's a bunch of them on the table out there. Slip by and pick one up. And you could read the Gospels one chapter a day till Christmas. And you will hear the words of Jesus Christ. You will meet with Jesus Christ and it will radically change your life. You will not be the same person at Christmas that you are now. I can, get, I can guarantee. There's only a few things I can 100% guarantee. Chick-fil-A chicken's good. <laughs> and, and... You will be a different person, right? If you read your Bible every day, the words of Jesus Christ. All right, let's just move on. Um, consider reading the New Testament. Consider reading the words of Jesus Christ every day going forward, right? Consider that being your plan and that will make you, help you be a rock solid disciple as you meet with Jesus. The second thing, listen to Jesus. So listen to Jesus. He has a plan worth following. Did you know that? Jesus has a plan worth following. I've made a lot of plans. 
Some of them are worth following. Some of them aren't worth following. Just let's be honest, right? But Jesus has a plan and it's worth following. And the plan is, this is Jesus speaking. And what does he say? He says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Who's got all the power? Thank you, Ed. Who's got all the power? Jesus. So if you want to have some power, meet with Jesus. If you want to have some power, if you want to have some authority in your life, it's astounding, right? Listen to Jesus, right? Listen to Jesus. He has a plan worth following. So the plan here, he says, is go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, obey, all that I have commanded you. Who's speaking? Are you sure it's not Steve? Are you sure you're not hearing me? So I think it's easy to come to church and be like, that's his opinion. That's what he says. I'm reading the word of Jesus. He says, go. Therefore. Why? Therefore. Because I have all the authority. That's why. Go. You don't lack any authority if you're in the name of Jesus, right? You don't lack any authority. So go and baptize, which means you must be baptized. Why would you tell anybody to be baptized if you weren't? I mean, that, everybody knows that's a logical argument. <laughs> I'm not even going to belabor that. And teach. Go, baptize, and teach. Teach everything I said. Then you say it. Really, what he's doing is making a disciple of his disciples, and he's telling them, he's giving them a pattern for making disciples of their disciples, right? Like, make some more disciples. So we have a, a plan to make disciples. You ever want to know what Harvest's plan to make disciples is? Like, no, I just want to know Jesus' plan. Well, it's kind of the same, but I'm going to draw my plan, or our plan, the church's plan. It's not a bad plan. It, it's encompassing the, the word of God, okay? And then I'm going to get back to this plan that he spells out, just the three things, bam, bam, bam. Okay, this plan, follow it or don't follow it. It's God's or it's not, okay? This plan, I'm gonna give you a pretty confident answer. If you don't follow that, you're outside the will of God, okay? All right, everybody good with that? All right, so this is our church's plan. We want you to go deeper, imagine that, deeper in your relationship, Okay? Boom, deeper in your relationship with Jesus and, anybody know? His church. That's the bride of Christ. That's what he gave us, right? And we call it a ministry funnel. So here it is. A lot of people enter the ministry funnel through, well, a welcome. Hey, welcome. Thanks for coming. Glad you're here. You're here. You're in the funnel. Welcome, but it's a high, what we call high impact worship service, right? High impact worship. Boom. Then, then from there, we have a plan. And we're not going to apologize for that plan. You might not like the plan. You don't have to do the plan. Doesn't matter to us. But it's a plan so that you don't have to sit in church and do nothing right? So that you can 
come to church and go, oh, that's the next step. Oh, I could take another, just a little bit more, just a little bit more, until all of a sudden you look back and you're like, my life is radically different. Praise the Lord. And that's why we're just trying to give you little bite-sized chunks. So we call this next steps. We want to take you on your next step, whatever it is. What are the steps? It's really easy. I mean, my five-year-old who has Down syndrome can get it. He knows how to count, all right? So our steps are one, two, three. It's so simple. I don't know who came up with that, but it's brilliant. Like everybody can follow that, right? Well, um, step one is foundations. I mean, really, I'm basing this whole series off of that. Step two is connections. We want to connect you to the church. Step three is commitment. We want you to make a commitment to a particular local church. If not this one, then another Bible-believing one in town. So then we want you to walk, which is a consistent thing, right? It's not hopping around. It's, not, it's like a consistent thing. We want you to walk. It's a little bit methodical, but it's good. We want you to walk with Christ and with other believers, right? And then we want you to work. This is the word that trips everybody up. Nobody wants to go to work on Sunday. I'm trying to get off on Sunday so I can be here. Thanks, guys. Shout out to the guys that just got here from Mayo Clinic. Ugh. The fact that you would come after a whole night of work, that's commitment. That's commitment. Thank you. Okay, so work, right? He's like, I don't want to go to work. I want to go to church. Okay, so let's just worship walk work. It's W's. It makes sense. Da, da, da. Like we work for Christ. It's in the Bible. It says that, right? But here's the deal. Serve. Is that better? No, I don't want to be a servant. <laughs> I know. Would it be better if I said we want you to use your gifts? Well, I am pretty gifted. Yeah, we want you to use those gifts. Not the natural ones. We want you to use the supernatural ones. We want you to use the gifts that God's given you at salvation, the power of the Holy Spirit, so we can see crazy awesome God things happen in our church. Right? And you're like, well, how is ushering crazy awesome? How is, how is greeting crazy awesome? How is working with kids crazy awesome? How is setting up the sign? Thank you for doing that today. Crazy awesome. It's how we serve one another. It's how we show one another we care and we love. Can you imagine if we didn't have greeters at the door? Visitors would come and they'd be like, eh, guess this is a frozen chosen church. Us four no more. Like, we're not that church. And so we have a plan to make sure people know we're not that church because sometimes we can forget. Ushering, children's ministry. We want the same thing for our children we want for our adults. A high-impact worship service. That means we've got to plan it out. That means we've got to have committed volunteers. That means we have to get after it. This is our plan. It's not a to-do list. It's a to-be thing, right? Let's be solid, rock-solid disciples. Now, okay, so this is it. Done. All right, I'm done with this. That's Harvest Plan. Wanted to share that with you. We're all on the same page now. What does Jesus say his plan is? First, go. Go to all nations with the gospel. This message is not for church peeps, right? It's not just for the church guys. 
Not for those that grew up in the church. Not for those who attended church all their life. This message is for everyone. Let me ask you a question. This is the plan. Then how are you carrying out the plan? Who are you going to invite to a relationship with Jesus Christ this week? Notice I'm not asking you to bring them to church, although that might be a step. Maybe it's bringing them to a small group. Maybe it's just, hey, let's meet with Jesus together. Could you read this with me? But I don't know what it is, but who are we going to invite this week? If God gives us an opportunity to impact somebody, are we going to do it? It's a good plan. Go. Baptize. Baptize means to immerse in water, to dip or wash. I think many of you guys have seen a baptism service or several different kinds of baptism service. I want to just say it this way. We practice baptism as an identification. You identify with somebody, okay? So I have identification when the police officer pulls me over. Hasn't happened in a while. I should knock on some wood. Anyway, forget that. I'm not superstitious. He would ask me for identification. I would be like this, all right? Has everybody ever seen a fake ID? Ooh, I'm going to get these college guys. <laughs> Nobody wants to raise their hand on that. Anybody ever had a fake ID? What's the, hey, Michael, we're going to talk, man. <laughs> Michael's a deacon in our church. I'm not sure about this right now. <laughs> hey, we come as we are. We come as we are, okay? We're joking around now. All right, but you ever seen a fake ID? God just impressed this on my heart. I hope it's for somebody here today. We don't mess around with fake identification. What is fake identification for? It's so I can get into some party, something, some, I can buy cigarettes or booze or something. Like I could get something that I shouldn't get, right? So when you're trying to use fake identification with God, you're like, hey, hey, I was baptized. Sure, yeah. Is it real? Was it the real thing? Like, were you like old enough to know that you love Jesus Christ? Were you like saved by the blood of Christ? Were you like declaring to the people, I identify with Jesus? Because that's the real identification. When it costs you something, when you get in the water, it's almost humiliating. And you, and you say, hey, I'm with Jesus. And I'm going to show that by dying to myself and raising, right? He's washed me. And I want everybody to see it. Now, I know who that was for, but God gave it to me. It was really clear. Don't mess around with fake ID. Because I'm pretty sure you might pull that over on the gas station clerk, but you're not going to pull that over on God. He knows who are his and who are not. And some of you need to be baptized next week and get a real identification card. <laughs> I might have taken the illustration a little too far right there. <laughs> but I really, 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 and we're not handing out cards. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I really, really, really do think that baptism is an important part of your salvation experience. And I really, really, really do think that some of you need to consider the fact that the Bible teaches that you should be baptized as a believer by immersion. As an identification with Jesus Christ himself, who didn't need to get baptized, but was. So if this is the plan to be a quality disciple, a rock-solid disciple, then hey, some of you guys, get on the plan. Let's go. 
See you next week. And then teach. Teach. Teach my word to others. Everything Jesus did and said, teach it to others. Are you learning and growing? That's the first part. And then are you sharing what you've learned with others? That's the second part of teaching. I've told you a lot of things today. You just take five minutes of this 40-minute talk and you can go share it with somebody and that's discipleship. You go after it. The last thing here, meet with the Lord. Meet with Jesus. Meet with him. Really meet with him. Like sit down and say, Jesus, are you here? Because he is. And then listen to Jesus. Like Jesus is going to call you. If you listen to Jesus this week, he's going to call you to do something in your spiritual walk. He's going to call you to do something. And then last, if you want to be a rock solid disciple, abide in Jesus. Abide in him. Abide in Jesus. He has the heart to stay with me. Because you know what? And the stomach too. Because sometimes you can't stomach it, right? Like some people can't stomach being around me too long, right? That's just it. It's like, dude, I'm done. And I'm sure Jesus feels that way about us sometimes. Like, man, really? Really? We're doing that again? Like we didn't talk about this before? Like, you don't know that's not okay? But I'm telling you, you can rest in the fact, you can abide in the fact that Jesus isn't leaving. He's not walking out on you. I don't, I can't have words for how awesome that makes me feel. That I know one person in my life that's never walking out. That's amazing. It's amazing. John 15, verse 7 through nine, just threw it up on the screen. If you abide in me and my words, it's a good thing to meet with him, abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. By this, my father is glorified. Isn't that the mission to glorify God? That's the mission. By this, my father is glorified. You gotta have this underlined in your Bible. That you bear much fruit. Literally, that you make other disciples. So focus on being a good disciple so you can make some disciples. That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. So let's just close it up this way. Abide in his power, right? The authority that we talked about in point one. That's why we want to meet with him. He has power over sin and death. Abide in that, right? Abide in his plan. He has a plan to grow you up and send you out. Abide in that plan. It's a good plan. Listen to him. And then abide in his presence. He's here. He wants to be with you. He wants to hear from you. And he wants to speak to you. And we like to uh, kind of think of Jesus in a time of communion. It's like, that's tangible. Here's the body, here's the blood. Even though it's symbolic, it reminds us that he's here with us. It reminds us that he paid the debt for our sin. So whether you're walking in here and you're like, hey, I've never heard of Jesus or I I don't know Jesus. We've never had that come to Jesus meeting where I repented of my sin. Hey, you could do that today. You just pray, you just say, Jesus, I need you. I love you. Please forgive me for my sins. Come into my heart and life. Change me. It takes a lot of time, but please change me. And, and you will be saved. 
maybe it's you need to take your next step. Baptism, getting in the Word this week, walking in a small group, working in the local church, being in the hands and feet of Jesus Christ out in the world. Whatever it is, would you just take a second now as we go to communion? And would you just reflect on where you've been this last week and this last summer? And would you uh, think about where he wants you to go? And would you have this moment with God where the past is done and the future looks bright? We have a rock-solid mission. We can be rock-solid disciples in the name of Jesus Christ. And it all starts right here. So as the band plays, I'm just going to invite you. Get up out of your seat. Come take communion. We're not going to take it together. You take it individually because I want you each to make an individual decision how life's going to be different this week. I want you each to feel the washing and the regeneration, the renewing of yourself through this time of communion. I want your sins to feel light, as in rolled off. I want the past to be behind, and I want the future to be ahead. And then let's walk in his strength. Let me pray. Father God, we need you. We acknowledge it. We need your son, Jesus Christ. We need your Holy Spirit. We need you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We need to be baptized in the name of the Father, Holy Son, and Holy Spirit. We need to be alive in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We need you. You are the rock we are centered on. You are the one we come back to again today. And we stand on you, forgiven and free, by the power of Jesus Christ, by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we now have the Holy Spirit reigning in us, to do the work that you have for us this week. And we go out from this place confident and comfortable in our own skin because Jesus Christ has done it all, paid it all. God, we love you. As we do business with you now, I pray that you'll be glorified because we're here to glorify you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, I pray. Amen.